Dr. Geneva Speaks. Thank you for tuning in to Dr. Geneva Speaks, where you'll hear amazing leaders from across the nation and around the world. Your host, Dr. Geneva Williams, a cutting-edge, transformational leadership coach, hopes and believes this show will enlighten, entertain, and inspire you to make a difference in the world. So listen up as Dr. Geneva Speaks. Hi there, everyone, and welcome, welcome, welcome. So delighted you could join us today as we look into the heads and hearts of fabulous, awesome leaders and hear from them about their stories of success and struggle, tips and strategies. Our guest today is Sylvia Jordan. And she is a what they call a believer, and we're going to hear more about what that is. Growing up in the inner city of Detroit and graduating from uh, Cass Tech, which is a well-known premier high school in the city of Detroit, she went on to Michigan State University as a graduate there, and somehow she manages to hold so many things together fusing together her faith, community empowerment, business, and encouraging people to believe in themselves and passionately pursue their dreams. She is an entrepreneur at heart. Sylvia firmly believes that everyone on this earth has been given a gift, a talent, ability, a dream, and that they desire uh, any kind of desire to achieve in their lives. And all too often, many people have been consumed with life but not living out their dreams. And she believes the time to begin is now, right now. The author of four books, including Dare to Believe and Influencing Your Community, Sylvia often tours the country and internationally as a dynamic down-to-earth speaker at women organizations, leadership seminars, business sector, and in the faith community. Now, Sylvia, in her hometown of Southfield, is a prominent community leader, and I'm just honored to have her. She served as a city councilwoman for almost two decades, in addition to hosting an inspirational TV show for many, many years. And so I'm just delighted to have Sylvia, who has a reputation for building people up, She can help uh, many of you in our listening audience in many ways, including personal development, business coaching, and leadership training. So I want you to listen close um, and hear and drink in her years of wisdom and experience that can help you achieve your goals. And what she says to people all the time, please. She says, believe, achieve, and succeed. So welcome, Sylvia Jordan. How are you? I'm doing fine, and thank you so much, Dr. Geneva, for having me on your show this evening. Thank you. Well, it's it's our pleasure, and we look forward to uh, chatting with you about your leadership, getting some insight into how you influence community, uh, and just tips and strategies that you can share with us Uh, But first, um, you know so much about leadership from so many different angles. I'd first like you to tell us about your upbringing 
um, your childhood, your upbringing, and what put you on this leadership path? That's that's a great question. Well, you know, I was born and raised here in the city of Detroit, and I have a large come from a large family, four brothers and four sisters, and I had a dad uh, who had a tenth grade education, and my mom was a stay at home mom, and so he would always tell us, "You guys have a lot of potential. You have you must decide to." develop everything that's in you, and never say never. And so I learned this at a very, very young age. My father was an entrepreneur, and he just believed that you can be a leader. He he taught us all, all of my brothers and sisters, just how to stand up for yourselves, how to make a difference, and just speak, speak your mind, but yet very respectfully. And so I learned that early on. And I went to Cass Tech High School. But while while I was at Cass, and uh, many folks say, you shouldn't share that story, but it's really a part of who I am. I was double promoted three times when I was in elementary school. And I'm not sure if they do that a whole lot now, but I skipped several so, grades. So you were not not just one time promoted, but double promoted. Double promoted. When I so graduated were, from high school, I was 16. Oh, you were well. You were a smart lady. Now, now why <laughs> wouldn't <laughs> so why wouldn't people want you to share that? Because when I got to Cass Tech, and I've looked back now and saw that I was really overwhelmed. I was a lot younger than a lot mm-hmm. of other people that oh. were in my class, and so I okay. didn't do any work. Um, I barely <laughs> made it through the <laughs> I barely graduated from Cass Tech, barely graduated. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had a 1.1 grade point average. Oh, and I mean, that, that's, pr- that's pretty low. Mm-hmm. And, and so, um, so that, that transition from younger your younger grades to your high school was more of a challenge for you. That's right. So high school was a challenge. And mm-hmm. I knew that I could do college. I knew that I wanted to do college. And so my youth pastor, the church that I was attending, he said, if you want to do college, we're going to find you a college to go to. Because, mind you, I I had enough guts <laughs> to apply to U of M, Michigan State, Eastern, and Wayne State. And they all sent me back nice little letters and saying, basically, we don't want your kind here. <laughs> but um, I was accepted at a small school in Indiana, in Huntington College in Huntington, Indiana. And I made the dean's list mm-hmm. the first semester and the second semester. And then I ended up transferring to Michigan State University. But what mm-hmm. I learned during that struggle is that you've got to be persistent and you mm-hmm. have to never mm-hmm. give up on your mm-hmm. dreams. And so that's mm-hmm. kind of the foundation or my core is never give up even though the odds are against you. Okay. So so now you went to um, Hunter College and then you transferred to Michigan State. You came back to Michigan. And and then what did you do? What did you do next? So, so after Michigan State, uh, while I was at Michigan State, I received an internship with the Social Security Administration. And so I was mm-hmm. hired directly from college, and I worked there for a number of years, and that was with the federal government. And then mm-hmm. I transferred to the U.S. Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, and that was that was 
oh, I love that job, because what we did was investigate uh, employment discrimination charges. You know, mm-hmm. the person came in and felt that they were discriminated against based upon their race, age, religion, national origin, or color. Uh, we would investigate those charges based on their employment. If they if felt they weren't hired or promoted or, you know, given a raise, and that was just a, I love that job. You know, I really loved uh, the work that I did there. And then I went on to get married and raise children. And so at that time, mm-hmm. you know, my husband and I both agreed that I would come home when, when we started mm-hmm. our family. Okay. So then what got you back into the workforce and community? So now when I was in the seventh grade, my interest mm-hmm. for politics and really, again, uh, making a difference in the community started in the seventh grade. I was at Noble Junior High, and I okay. had to write a report on a famous black American. And everybody mm-hmm. in the class was picking Langston Hughes and Malcolm X and Martin Luther King, and I wanted somebody different. And so at that time, Richard Austin was the first mm-hmm black man that ran for mayor in the city of Detroit. So I wrote the Detroit Free Press. They used to have a column in the newspaper, and I am really dating myself. Uh, It was called Contact 10. And so you would write Mm -hmm. in with any problem that you had. So I wrote in to Contact 10. I said, I'm in the seventh grade. I've got a project or report to do on Richard Austin, and there's nothing in the history books written about him, and what can you do to help? Well, they arranged an an entire day for me to campaign with him. And at the end of the day, oh, it changed my life. I got an opportunity Mm -hmm. to interview him one-on-one. And I saw his humility. I saw his love for the city of Detroit and just a willingness to step out and um, fight for his community. And that planted a seed in me that I wanted to make a difference in my community. Well, it's interesting how how you talk about that um, time that you spent with Richard Austin, and that that was an amazing experience, I know. And it's it's interesting how you remember it and reflect on it as a way to make a difference in the community, um, as opposed to just running for a political office. Is that how you view politics making a difference, or what? What You know that is. You said it so well. That is how I see it. Is that you're not running for a position, but you're running to make a difference with that position. And that's always been my philosophy. Is I want to make a difference. I want um, to make a difference wherever I live, wherever I am planted. What can I do to contribute? to the community that I'm in. Um, and I think that's how we have to be as individuals, not so much as takers, but givers. What can we give back to the community that we live? And so everybody may not run for a political office, but everybody can give to their local community in many ways. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so you chose uh, politics. So I chose of, politics. What are the ways to do your thing? That's right. So I chose politics, and and it was not an easy journey. I ran unsuccessfully for three times before I 
won the uh, my fourth time running for city council in the city of Southfield. Mm-hmm. Three times, and you kept coming back for more, huh? Kept coming back for more. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, I, I, just... uh... oh, excuse me. No, please go ahead. Mm-hmm. No, I was saying that that I um. I call myself a three-time loser. So after, you know, when you when you do run for a political office, it is a lot of work. It's a, because I guess I'm the type of person that whatever I do, I give it my all plus some. And so the three times that I ran, they were tough races. You know, you kiss babies, you shake hands, you knock on doors, <laughs> and you just give it. You give it your all. And after those three races, I had basically. Um, kind of concluded that I, I I think I'm done, you know, you know when mm-hmm. the door is closed uh, in front of you three times, it's like okay maybe maybe that's not what I'm supposed to be doing. But the last time that I ran in 1997, and I was running against a Jewish individual here, and mm-hmm. she basically told me we had a um, there were there were four seats open in Southfield, and then there was one special election seat one of the council persons had passed away. And so I had to make a decision, was I going to run against all of the incumbents or run with that special seat? So I chose to run with the special seat, and um, they narrowed the race down from four people that were running to two. And so I made the cut. I came in second. And um, there was an individual that came over to me, and she basically said, and at that time, Southfield was more Jewish. Uh, we had a higher Jewish population than we have now. And she basically came over to me and she said, well, you know, I've got this race, so you could basically hang it up in so many words. <laughs> but mm-hmm. that put a fire in me like never before. And um, I ran with everything I had, and I ended up winning the the seat. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. served here in Southfield for 17 years. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Well, if you're just joining us, our guest today is Sylvia Jordan, dynamic speaker, life coach, and a great politician. And you're on the Dr. Geneva Speaks show, and we were talking um, with Sylvia about politics, and she chose politics as a way to make a difference. And uh, one of the things, Sylvia, you were saying about you served for 17 years, and and I understand that you were the uh, president or vice president, held a leadership role on on the council. And so tell us, how did that happen? So, 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 Sylvia... um, She got disconnected. Keep going. Yes. So, yes, so, Sylvia, I was just uh, letting folks know that we were talking about your political uh, career, and I know that you've been on the city council. You were on the city council for about 17 years, and I understand that you were president and vice president, and I wanted to know how did that happen? So we're having some technical difficulties, but if you uh, have just joined us, we are talking with Sylvia Jordan, who is a 
dynamic speaker, a life coach, and a great politician. She was sharing with us her story with uh, uh, how the seeds of going into politics and making a difference were sparked in her at a very young age. And um, Sylvia, are you back with us? Yes, I am. Yes, oh, I am. Terrific. terrific. Well, you know, I was telling our, sharing with our listening audience that I, I know you had said you've been on the council for about 17 years, but it's my understanding that you were president and vice president while you were on the council, and in fact, uh, no other person had has ever served consecutively in the history of the city for that long of a time as president. How did that happen? And, you know, that was really pretty amazing because as council president and vice president, president pro tem, you're selected by your peers. And each year my peers said, we want you to be our leader. We want you to be in the leadership position. So it was quite humbling um, at the time, but I realized because of, this to sound very arrogant, but because of my nature and my personality, I can form coalitions and I can get folks to get along and I can move policy forward. And so I was able to get people to not necessarily always agree, but to see the value in the other person's opinion and make a a great decision based upon hearing another person as well. And so with those collaborations and with uh, just the ability to get people to sit at the same table and talk, and and you may not agree, but at least we can hear each other respectfully. You can hear the other person's view, and then we can come together and make the best decision, not the political decision, but the best decision for the city. And so... um, it, that was a great. Um, it was really a great time in the city to to just to serve in that position as president pro tem for, uh, and president of the South Hill City Council. Well, that's a that's a an amazing record because you know, particularly in politics, Sylvia, to have your colleagues say that about you and come keep coming back to you. Right, their leader. And so you mentioned an interesting part, because I was going to ask you, if I talked to any of your colleagues, what would they tell me was the reason that they came back to you? And I think what you were saying, it probably had to do with your ability to collaborate, to pull people yes. together. Okay. Yes. So, so, do, so do you think that's an important um so that's an important ingredient of of leadership. How how do you how do you do that? I mean, how do you get people to work together? You know, that's a very that's a very good question. And I think the person has to realize when people are working together that it's about us. It's not about me, it's not about you, but what is best for the entire organization or what's best for the city or what's best for your company, you have to look at the big picture. And when people have their own personal agendas on the table, that's when it's difficult to work. But if people will set aside their personal agendas and look at the big picture and look at where we're going for the future, then you can get 
where you normally can get a buy-in and get people to say, okay, it's, it's really not about me. It's about the big picture of where we're going as a city or as an organization. Yes. Um, can you think of or share with us um, an example of where you had a, a situation where people needed to come together and it might have been kind of tough, uh, but you were able to do it? Can you give us or you know give us some insight into what you did or what you were thinking or feeling or felt that needed to be done? Well, even just recently with the Northland, uh, with the Northland acquisition, you know, there were okay. some folks on the council because um, that parcel of land at 8 Mile and uh, Greenfield, so Northland Mall is closing, and we did not want the mall to look like the mall in Pontiac, the Summit Mall, and that's because the city had, took their hands off of it. And so we we looked at what we're going to do. Were we going to step in and take the heat from the public of deciding to purchase Northland Mall, or were we going to let it go into decay? And there were several people initially said, you know, the city should be buying a mall, and we're not in the mall business, and and so we had to, you know, kind of massage everybody to see the bigger picture is that we want to control the destiny of Southfield, the destiny of that corner, and that means we've got to purchase Northland in order to redevelop it. And so that was a very tense situation there, and that was one of the last um, things that I worked on on the city council was navigating through the purchase of Northland and working with the council, working with the attorneys, and and working with everybody to get a buy-in that this is the right thing to do for Southfield. Mm-hmm. And so you were successful in getting people to to see that broader, bigger picture. The bigger picture, right? Because it's yeah. not so much mm-hmm. as this purchasing a mall, but we're really determining the destiny of that area of our city, mm-hmm. which is a cornerstone in Southfield, which uh, mm-hmm. which is a barrier to Detroit and uh, which borders Detroit and Oak Park, which is a gateway into our community. So it says a lot, just that corner uh, piece of acreage, 120 acres. And so we knew that we could not just let the naysayers win. <laughs> Mm-hmm, and um, mm-hmm. so we had mm-hmm. to fight through that. You know, um, when you talk about politics, I know I talked to some young leaders, some partic- some leaders, particularly young leaders, who um, tend to be um, adverse to or not happy with uh, the politics of the workplace understanding or navigating organizational politics. How do you view organizational politics? And do you see that as part of a necessary thing that a leader needs to learn how to do, that is navigating politics? Right. That is a very, very good question. And I think you have to 
be able to navigate through that. You have to be able to understand the mindsets of everybody involved. And I heard just a couple of weeks ago, you know, are we leading from the top down or from the bottom up? And so when you mm-hmm. when you when you're at and, I, and when I say bottom, I'm just not saying just the the low person on the totem pole, but just really understanding the heart or the core of the organization and deciding that you got to work together for the common good. I mean, if we can get more people to lock arms early, then we can we can go further. And I think if people really understand again, it's not about me but it's about us, it's about we, and how can we advance what we're doing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you've shown that you're quite skilled and adept at um, helping people um, see the bigger picture and finding those things. In, in my experience, um, i found that often uh, we have, when you're working with different groups of people, it's just amazing that um, we often have much more in common <laughs> than we do differences. And sometimes right. sometimes the, the trick is to find that commonality and then work that. And work that. You know, right. I found, yeah, I found. Um, well, if you're just joining us, we are... You're on the Dr. Geneva Speaks show, and we are talking with Sylvia Jordan, life coach, dynamic speaker, politician, and author. And that's what I want to talk about now. Um, Sylvia, you've written several books. Um, I want to talk about first your book, Influencing Your Community. Can you tell us about that um, book and, and what led you to write it? You know what led me to write this book was being on the city council is I guess I've seen both sides of the spectrum. I've seen politicians that are committed to the cause and really committed to their city, and I've also seen the politicians that are committed to themselves and just their agenda and pushing their name forward and pushing pushing themselves forward. And being in that position, and I'm of the Christian faith, I'm a, a faith, uh, a woman of faith, I saw the need, and I still do see the need, for people of faith to get in the positions of, in political positions. Because I guess I'm, I, I think, and this is, I could be naive, but I think that a person of faith will have a connection to God and we'll have the insight to, okay, what what's best in this situation? What is the best decision we need to make for the long term, for everybody's involved? And I guess I'm partial. I think that comes from uh, a person of faith would have an edge. <laughs> and that may sound very, very subjective, uh-huh. but I just believe that. I believe that a person of faith that... Um, has a relationship with the Lord, Christian faith, I think that they make better <laughs> politicians. And mm-hmm. I also believe, on the flip side, that the church can be very, very influential in the community. And that's how this book was written as well, that local churches, whatever faith they are, 
can influence the community in so many areas mm-hmm. and get involved mm-hmm. to help the community. Mm-hmm. And not just wait for the government to do it, but what can your local church do to help mm-hmm. our community? I see. So that's where the influencing part comes from because leadership is influencing. And so you're looking at particularly the faith community being able to uh, lead and influence uh, change at the local level in communities. And so your book, uh, in your book uh, you gave uh, tips and strategies on how to do that. Can you share some of that with us? Sure, and and one of one of the um, one of the things that I put in the book is that I believe that you should pray for your community, pray for your local leaders, pray for the businesses in your community. I remember several years ago when the Big Three was having serious challenges. I mean, all of the Big Three, Ford, GM, and Chrysler, and they, they were really in a downturn. And we, as a church, decided to send a letter to each of the presidents of those organizations. And we said, we want you to know that we are praying God's best over your company and that God will give you wisdom in directing your company. And we got a personal response back from uh, uh, the president of the Ford Company at that time. Mm -hmm. He said, I want to thank you for praying for me. Mm -hmm. I mean, and we just knew that, you know, yes, we're here, but we've got to understand that we're here to make a difference. We, you know, we believe that you should get involved. Uh, Parents in the local church should be involved in there school organizations, the PTOs and the PTAs, and let your voice be heard at the school board. And what we find is that people complain on the back end when they could have had an influence before the decisions were made. So we encourage people to get involved in your your schools and the just the local um, nonprofit organizations that's in your community. Don't just complain because people will complain all the time. But why don't mm-hmm. you get out there and make a difference and give your input that could possibly give direction to those organizations? Mhm. And I'm hearing you also say give your input early on. Don't wait and give until it early on. Minute. Yeah, yeah, that's don't right. Don't wait until minute. the last. Yeah. Minute. Mm-hmm. yeah, that's an important thing you brought up another uh, important and interesting uh, point about um, appreciating uh, leadership and appreciating leaders who have tough challenges, tough decisions to make. You know, so often we, you know, just just go right on and, and think that, you know, leaders – aren't people, <laughs> you right. know, and they, uh, you know, and so taking the time now to appreciate, to say thank you, to recognize leadership and the tough decisions, even if the decisions are not, don't come out the way you want them to, um, that rewarding, that recognition, that is that gratitude, uh, oftentimes I know leaders do appreciate did you have many when you sat on council? Did you have uh, many people who said thank you to you for 
for your leadership? Very few. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> we only heard the complaints. We only heard right. the, yes, not in my right. backyard. You know, we only <laughs> very few folks, you know, will come back and say thank you. But, you know, that's okay. It's really okay because yes. you, you still have to, you have a job to do. And um, if you wait for those, you know, you that can't be, uh, you can't wait for those. You have to just do it because you know you're supposed to be doing it. That's right. Just keep on keeping on, have that, keep it on, it, keep that, it on. that internal uh, gratification. Well, we're going to say thank you, Sylvia Jordan, on the Dr. <laughs> Geneva Speak Show uh, for your leadership uh, and for all the many, many people who I know are going to say the same. <laughs> Thank you, thank you. Yes, yes, yes. And so you've also written uh, another book, uh, Dare to Believe. Tell us about that. So Dare to Believe, now that is really, that was written out of just stories with my father and my experiences with him and how he encouraged all of us to passionately pursue the dreams that were in our heart. And so, um, so I wrote just the steps that I took, because many people have asked me, how did you do what you're doing, and how did you uh, Mm -hmm. get involved in politics, and how did you write that book, and how did you start that business? And, you know, Mm -hmm. I just started. I just did it. Um, And many times I just jumped, you know, and just said, here we go. But you've got to be willing to take the first step. And um, in the book I give, you know, some examples of, things you got to get rid of. You've got to get rid of the I can't, and you've got to get rid of the negative thoughts, and you've got to trust. Trust your gut. And um, if you need to go back to school and develop yourself, do it. But at some time, you're going to have to take that first plunge and go for the dreams that are in your heart. So take those risks. Um, yes, to be risk. You know, and whenever I talk to entrepreneurs and uh, believerpreneurs like yourself, uh, one of the main things that I, I always hear is just do it. You know, sometimes yes, you just right. have to do it. <laughs> Jump in and take a risk, and so so that's clearly a, a good strategy and consistent with what people tell us, but. But what are some of the challenges you faced? Um, I'm sure that even though you jumped out there, you took the risk uh, with any pushbacks or any slaps in the face that you got. Oh, yeah. I think some of the challenges is is that you're going to (laughs) fall. But mm-hmm. the key is you get back up, you know. When you think about a boxer in the ring, he gets knocked down several times, but he gets back up and, and goes mm-hmm. at it again. And so you have to be willing to take a licking and keep on ticking. And I remember when um, the guy that was the famous Olympic swimmer, Michael Phelps, I was watching a story that the news did on him. And they asked him, so Michael Phelps, how, what, what do you do during your day? How, how did you uh, become a famous Olympic swimmer, swimmer, and so he said three things: I eat, I play video games, and I swim. He said, well, "What about this?" He said, "I eat, I play video games, <laughs> and I swim." And he was so laser focused uh, 
and the results were the you know the Olympic medals that he won uh that year in a outstanding number i think he took the record in terms of the gold medals that he won in the olympics that he the first olympics that he was in and so you've got to have a laser focus uh you've got to close your ears to the negativity from outside and within because all too often people think that i can't do it you know, I won't be successful. Uh, what do people think about me? But you've got to push past all of that, and you've got to really identify gifts that are there because I'm a firm believer that God gives everybody at least one gift, at least one talent, at least one ability, and you have to massage it and grow it and just see it come to pass. Hmm. So, Sylvia, what's your gift? So my gift is that I am an encourager. I am one that will motivate you, and I'm, I love to inspire people to go after their dreams. Mm-hmm. In addition to that, I, I have creativity. I love to be creative. So I've developed a few products that I've got in the marketplace, and so um, I just love to encourage and inspire and motivate people to go after their dreams because mm-hmm. too many times people have been told no. You've been told mm-hmm. that you can't, but I want to tell you, yes, you can, and, and go for it. Mm-hmm. So some you mentioned you have some uh, products in the marketplace. You want to share that with us? Sure, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So yes. I have, uh, outside of the books that I've developed um, mm-hmm. and written, and so you can go on my website, sylviajordan.com, and you can okay. take a look at the books that I have there. But I also developed a product that will stop mosquitoes in their tracks from biting you. And it's called Sylvia's Mosquito Block. And so you can buy that as well. We've been getting great reviews oh. on it. And so you can go to www.sylvia's with an S, mosquitoblock.com. And so I've developed that product. And um, that's what I'm working on now. I'm putting my focus on really um, massaging that and getting that uh, into as many hands as I can. Okay, so so you know I have to ask you, you know, what got you, uh, community leader, author, speaker, uh, life coach, and now mosquito brand, mosquito <laughs> blocker developer. <laughs> what got you there? Well, you know, I I really have to give a lot of credit to my husband as well. When I when I met my husband, let me tell you, he was a bass player. He was an architect by trade. He mm-hmm. was a musician. He was an artist. He was just learning a computer. He's a fisherman. He does so many things. And when mm-hmm. we first got married, I looked at him, and I said, now I know God didn't give you all of those gifts. I know God put something in me. And and. That first year that we've got that we got married, I went on a quest to just figure out what's in Sylvia Jordan. Uh-huh. And this is a true story, Doctor Geneva. So I went to, and again, I may be dating myself. I went to Frank's Nursery, mm-hmm. and it was a craft store. I remember Frank. Remember Frank's? And I yes. literally walked up and down the aisle of Frank's Nursery, and I said, "There is something that I can do in here." There is something that I can make. There's something that I can do with my hands. 
and I was I gravitated to the silk flowers, and I started making silk flowers. So he set me up a, a basement a room in our basement that I started creating silk flowers, and it seems from that it's like mm-hmm. the creativity just kind of grew. And so from there, I developed another product that was sold in Arbor Drugs. And again, I'm dating myself, which is now CVS Drugstore. From Uh the silk flowers that I developed, I had a girlfriend. And when when you're developing and finding yourself, you've got to be around other people that motivate you. Mm -hmm. So I had another girlfriend of mine, she was a stay-at-home mom. We were both stay-at-home moms, didn't have any money. And so we just kept saying, we got to make some money. We've got to do something to make some money. So she had developed this little thing called a glory bunny. And she had gotten in Kmart. Kmart was putting her glory bunny in uh, five states of the Midwestern states. And after talking with her, I said, well, Aisha, if 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 you got the glory bunny in Kmart, I'm sure it's something that I can do with my flowers. So I came up, this is a true story, with the idea, and it was getting close to Mother's Day, is to come up and put a single rose in a plastic bag, and I put a card around it that said, I love you. I picked up the phone. That was on that was the weekend I worked on that. So Monday I pick up the phone and I call the buyer at Arbor's Drugs. I had never did this ever in my life. I said, My name is Sylvia Jordan and I have a product that needs to get in your store. And they said, Well what is it? So I described what it was and they immediately put me through to the buyer. And so I talked with him. He said, can you come in on Thursday? That was on a Monday I called. I go in Thursday with this single silk rose that I had made and sprayed perfume on it. And so I'm in his office, and he's looking at it. He said, this is great. I love it. He said, we'd like to order some. He said, do you need your P.O. today? I did not know what a P.O. was, but all I could do was say yes. (laughs) I said, yes, I need that today. He wrote out a purchase order for 5,000 silk roses. Oh, and my goodness. I had to produce those in 30 days. And I turned my living room into a production factory, and my I got my girlfriends together, my husband, and we produced 5,000 silk roses for Arbor's Drugs for Mother's Day. And I called him back for Sweetie's Day of that same year. He ordered uh-huh. another 5000 And so oh when I went goodness. to call back for the following year, they changed the buyers, and he said, well, no, no, we're not uh-huh. interested. But um, mm-hmm. I just did it. I just, <laughs> I just did well, it without this, any experience. I, I mean, what just such an amazing story of just doing it. I mean, I mean that's classic, and you've been saying that since pretty much the beginning of our conversation, that one of the things about uh, leaders is that they have to take risks and they have to just do it, and you've given us just a classic example of just doing it. And so, and so that's how the uh, – so what I'm hearing from the silk flowers – to the calling up Arbor Drugs, to now your mosquito blocking 
product. <laughs> These are all things that you just, the ideas have come, you've decided to take the risk. Um, what, what, ed, what have you learned from all of this? What are the lessons in, in all of this, Sylvia? I think the lessons that I've learned is, and I think you said it so good, Dr. Geneva, you've got to be willing to take the risk. Because if you if you never take risks, you'll never you'll never see what's on the other side of that mountain. You'll you'll never see it. And I've got another story. Do I have time to share it? Oh, absolutely. So so I you know I'm into my creativity mode, and this is this is when my children were very young. I was sitting at the dinner table eating with my husband, and I believe that, you know, we've got to get back to family. And so we decided earlier that when we ate, we would sit down and eat at the table as a family. So I'm sitting there looking at my son, and he was two at the time, and my daughter was like four or five months old. And every time he would eat dinner, I would have to put a dish towel around his neck because he would just mess up his food, you know, mess up his clothes, and they didn't have... (laughs) bibs for older children mm-hmm. and I just mm-hmm. had an aha moment why not make an oversized bib for bigger kids so I started working on it developed it got it going and I and I was done with it so fast forward to I'm at the church my husband's a pastor so I'm I happen to be answering the phone one day and it was QVC the the shopping club the TV yep. shopping club, QVC. Yep. So they're calling for a member at our church that had developed this barbecue sauce. And they said, we'd like to speak to this person. His phone had gotten disconnected, and he gave him the church number. They said, can you get a, get a, get a message to him that we are coming to Michigan and we're looking for 50 products in Michigan to display on the QVC show? And I said, well, I have a product. They said, no, 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 we, we, we've got everybody, we've already selected who's going to be on the show, um, so no, no, you, you can't come. So I took down the number, and they called back again for this guy. I said, excuse me, is there any way I can bring my product? No, 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 I'm sorry, we, we've, we've got everybody we need, we're not taking any more um, uh, entrepreneurs. But then it, this is what he said, but if you want to take a chance, if somebody doesn't show up, we will take you. Now that sounds like an open door. <laughs> That's right. I know, and I know you jump through it too. <laughs> you jump through it. So I That's get right. there. So I get uh-huh. there one o'clock. Sure enough, somebody didn't show up, and so I get right in. I set up my table with my oversized smocks. And the QVC representatives, they're walking down the aisles. And when they get to my table, it's like, oh, I know they're going to buy these things. They just picked it up and put it back down. They weren't interested in it. <laughs> and I was uh-huh. like, wait, I can't believe it. I was able to get here. All these crazy mm-hmm. thoughts are going through my mind. No mm-hmm. sooner than that, this guy from behind me, he swarms over. He says, ma'am, my boss needs what you have. She needs that. You need to call her. She was she was a manufacturer of items for uh, disabled individuals, and she was looking for mm. an oversized bib. So she was uh. able to put them in her catalog, and I sold mm. them there for a number of years. 
So, you know, you just got to be willing to take the risk. (laughs) Absolutely. Sylvia, well, you have just, I mean, you have just given us just a a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful examples of how just doing it makes, you know, just makes a difference. So tell me, you know, again, from a, you know, politician uh, who, you know, created history, by serving as president of the city council for the longest amount of time in in your city, to dynamic speaker, to life coach, to entrepreneur. So what's the next chapter look like in the Sylvia Jordan book? So what I'm doing now is I am encouraging others. I am right now working with a gentleman that's running for judge, uh, excellent candidate, and I'm helping him and mentoring him. I'm encouraging other women in business and helping them. And uh, I sit on the board of the Chick Mom, which is a, a young lady that wants to have moms together and working uh the working mother and the uh, mom together and so I sit on her board and helping her so now I'm in a season in my life that I want to just continue to help others live their mm-hmm. dreams out because I've had you know I've had an amazing life I am so thankful for all that has happened in my life and so it's um I've always given back but it's time to even deposit even more to to the next generation and those that are around me. So every year, and I've been doing this for the last five years, the last nine years, I have an event for young girls. It's called the Bloom Conference. And so it's Ooh. helping young girls bloom into mm-hmm. their, uh, to be a young lady. So I'll continue to work in that uh, arena. And next year, January of next year, uh, I'm hosting uh, an event called the Ultimate Women's Event. And it's for women who want to um, really develop their business, see if they have what it takes to get into the business, develop their dreams. And so we'll be doing that January of next year, uh, the Ultimate Women's Event, is to really inspire women to go after the dreams in your heart. And don't just let them stay dormant. Um, so that's what I'm doing now. It's helping others and encouraging others and inspiring others to get going. Mm-hmm. Is that what your legacy will be? You want your legacy well, you, to be? Yes. You know, I want my legacy to be a person that inspired, a person that encouraged, a person that motivated uh, motivated others to get moving on all the dreams in their heart, all the God-given dreams in their heart. And that uh, I want my legacy to be that you can make a deposit in the community that you live in. You can make an imprint and an impact in the world that you live. And so that's what I want my legacy to be. Mm, how wonderful. Now, I, I noticed on, from your website um, you also to carry to help carry out the dreams and help others with dreams you offer some coaching and sessions am i reading that right yes, some that's coaching right. and mentoring why don't you uh, right. tell our audience why don't you tell our audience about that so i am you know i am i guess i'm very very accessible uh and mm-hmm. i am just here to share uh 
all of the years of experience and what I've gained to share with others and to help others and to really, you know, we can have a one session or a five session or a ten session to get you okay. up and moving in the dream that's in your okay. heart. Um, I also have a workbook with the Dare to Believe book that you can get mm-hmm. and just kind of work through. How do you identify the dreams in your heart? How do you, which one do you go after first? How do you mm-hmm. narrow it down? What's your passion? Because you really want to identify what you want to pursue, and then you want to take steps to go after it. So I do coaching and help people uh, identify their gifts as well. Mm-hmm. So you have actually a a, a workbook, uh, something like an inventory people can actually study and use and go through, as well as you give one-on-one and group counseling, uh, yes. coaching sessions. Coaching, that's right, coaching yes, sessions, coaching that's right. Oh, fantastic. And how would individuals connect with all of that, all those goodies, Sylvia? So they can go directly on the website, sylviajordan.com, and you can even leave me a note there, and I'll get it, and I'll respond back to you. Um, or you can, I'm on Facebook. Uh, you can definitely right. uh, connect with me on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, all of the social media platforms as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, Sylvia Jordan, this has just been such a um, an inspiring and uplifting uh, conversation and full with good nuggets of information and good stories. <laughs> Well, thank you, thank you for having me, and I, I just again, yes. I love to encourage others and inspire yes. others. Yes, we have. Well, again, thank you so much for joining us, and uh, for those in our listening audience who want to connect with Sylvia, you could do that at uh, sylviajordan dot com, and you can. She's got a fabulous website full of information, like the information she was sharing with us and her great stories. And, again, Sylvia, uh, leadership coach, politician, thank you. Thank you so much, and I look forward to chatting with you again. Thanks for tuning in to Dr. Geneva Speaks. Dr. Geneva Williams, an expert facilitator and leadership coach, lecturer, and keynote speaker. For more information on Dr. Geneva, visit her online at www.drgenevaspeaks.com. That's drgenevaspeaks.com.